You're listening to Hardwired with Jeff Wickwire. Here's what's coming up in today's edition. Each negative comment increases the level of anger and frustration, and soon a small disagreement blows into a major fight. Have you ever noticed when those major fights are over with, they had nothing to do with the original issue. It left the issue and devolved and digressed into attacking each other. That's an argument. If you jump to conclusions or fly off the handle, you kill communication. So you've got to watch your tone When you're in negative conversations, what's your first instinct? Do you respond to attacks with more attacks, or do you hear it out and let strong communication prevail? Today, Pastor Jeff explains that if you want to be a positive person in your relationships, you need to let Jesus into your life. The only way to achieve perfection in your relationships is by following God's example. Accept Him into your heart and let His grace flow through you make a positive impact on the world around you. Well, let's join Pastor Jeff in the book of Psalms, chapter 101, as he continues his message, What Did You Say? Too many people think that communication is just saying a lot of words. Oh, I'm good at communicating. I'm good. I got a good vocabulary. But you know what? You may have a great vocabulary and be terrible at communicating. Talking and communicating are not synonyms. It's much, much more than that. But then there's other people who believe that communication is just listening. If I'm just a good listener, and these people, you never know what they're thinking or feeling because they won't tell you. They just sit there and listen. That's not communicating either. We need to know what you're thinking, what you're feeling. Sometimes the reason they don't communicate is that they got a spouse or somebody else in the house that dominates everything. I'm gonna deal with them in a minute. Grab your toes. I used to be one of them. Still am sometimes, probably. I want my family to not amen me at all during this conversation or during this message. Especially my daughter, amen, dad, that's right. Now, listen carefully. True communication has taken place when I understand what you meant to say. So communication is the sharing of meaning, not words. It's the sharing of what you mean, the successful sharing of what you mean to say and what you mean to be understood. It's not fancy words, high dollar words, big vocabulary. It's have you communicated your heart, what you meant to say, and has the listener understood what you meant to say? When the sender of a message is understood by the receiver of the message, good communication has happened. That's an art. Because see, some of the time, somebody will say something and that's not what they mean. And you've got to listen to what they really mean and not what they're saying. Sometimes they'll say they're irritated about something and what they're really irritated about is something very different. And you've got to listen carefully to sift through what they're actually saying to get the meaning. So if I understand what you mean to say, then good communication has happened. Communication experts point out that when you talk with another person, there are actually four messages that can come through. Here they are. What you mean to say, what you actually say, what the other person hears 
and what the other person thinks he hears. Those are the four messages in communication. In any household, any relationship, you're talking and you say something and it's what you mean to say. You mean to say a certain thing, but it may not be what you actually say. And the other person thinks they hear and understand what you're saying, but it's only what they think they heard. It's not what you actually meant to say. Do you understand what I mean? We've all seen this in communicating with other people, right? Uh, you're in the middle of a disagreement or an outright fight. I know Christians don't fight. We have hearty disagreements. But you're in the middle of a disagreement or an outright fight with words flying back and forth, and, and, and it ends up devolving into something like this. That's not what I said. Response, that's exactly what you said. Counter response, well, that's not what I meant to say. Response, well, that's what I heard you say. Counter response, well, you heard wrong. Why can't you understand me? You always hear wrong. Response, well, why can't you understand why I can't understand you? It's the Tower of Babel in your home. And on it goes. Now, before long, have you ever noticed this? What you started out talking about is totally lost in a maze of charges and countercharges. You this, you that. Why can't you understand? Well, that reminds me way back when in 1982 when you said, and that's next week. Don't get historical or hysterical. That's next week. So I'm not going to steal from next week. That's a tease. I love a statement that you see sometimes in offices, other places, quote, I know, but you believe you understand what you think I said. But I'm not sure you realize that what you heard is not what I meant. That's a joke. Y'all are supposed to be laughing because you know why you didn't get it? Because it didn't make any sense. And that's what we do sometimes. I know you believe, we're in a fight now. I know you believe you understand what you think I said. But guess what? I'm not sure you realize that what you heard is not what I meant at all. Real, authentic, effective communication between a husband and a wife or any two people in a household for that matter requires two very, very important things. Here they are. One, listening to understand. Not listening to counter. Not listening to win an argument. Not listening so you can debate. But listening to understand what the person is meaning to say, I'm going to confess to you today, I was terrible at this, and I have to work at this all the time. I'm a one-gift guy. God gave me a, a gift with words. And what I did with it is anytime there was a discussion in the house, in my mind, my job was to win the argument. So what I would do is I would argue, and I wasn't listening. The only reason I was listening to what someone else was saying well, so that I could latch onto something and argue over it and tell them how they weren't right and how I'm right and they're wrong. And after all, I'm the head of the house. So you need to listen what the know-it-all has to say. And see, guys, I'm taking all the heat here so you don't have to. I did this. And one day I was driving down the road and the Holy Spirit came into my car. I'm serious. And the Lord said to me, you're not fair. And this was after Kathy and I had a hearty disagreement. Well, y'all are somber today. 
We'd had a hearty disagreement and I was on the way to preach. God's man of faith and power for the hour. I took care of the little lady at home by winning an argument, showed her I was right and she was wrong. And I got in the car and the Holy Spirit came into my car and said, you're not fair. And I said, what do you mean? He said, you're using words against her because you're stronger there than she is. And I said, but I was right. (laughs) I was even doing it with God. I was right. But he said, "Here's here's the thing, Jeff. You can win a battle and lose the war. You can win an argument, but everybody around you that was involved in the argument walks off frustrated. The real issue is not resolved. You didn't settle anything. You just won a verbal fist fight. And that's not winning. Winning is when you listen to understand and you can. So the Holy Spirit said to me, where are you going? And I said, well, I'm going to preach. And he said, really? Well, I'm not going to anoint you if you don't call her. So I stopped at a pay phone before there were cell phones and I got on the phone. I called her. She answered and said, it's about time. She said, you're not there yet, are you? And I said, no. I said, I'm sorry. I I was wrong. And she said, I forgive you. Now go preach. And I went and preached like a man from another planet. (laughs) But see, here's the deal. We're not out to win arguments. We're out to understand each other. So you got to listen to understand and you got to speak to be understood. Those are the two crucial things in all communication. You got to listen to understand. Not to win anything, to understand. You got to speak to be understood. Now, let me talk about the understanding part, listening to understand, because this is one of the hardest struggles for me. In the book of James, the Bible beautifully addresses the listening side of communication, points out three barriers that have got to be torn down if we're going to understand our spouse or anybody else. Three barriers that have got to be torn down. So say this with me again. We read it at the beginning, but it's so powerful. Repeat this with me. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. The context of this verse is two-way communication. James is teaching us by the Holy Ghost what comprises genuine communication. He said, if you're going to be a genuine communicator and really settle issues, you're going to have to be slow to speak, swift to hear, and slow to wrath. Now, let me just deal with those one at a time today. First one, the first barrier is apathy. And apathy is found in the little verse, be swift to hear. Apathy. Swift means eager. I'm to be eager to hear and understand the person I'm communicating with. Now, I used to be eager to make my point, but that's not what he says. He said, I want you to first be swift or eager to understand the person you're listening to. I can't tell you how many problems this will solve in your home. Swift to hear. And when you're hearing, You can't act like what you're hearing or respond to it by saying things like, well, that's stupid, well, that's not true, or that doesn't make sense, or that's illogical, or, or, you know, you didn't get enough sleep last night, or what have you been drinking? Because listen, 
It may sound silly to you, but it's real to them. Well, Pastor Jeff, what if they just say something that's from Mars? If you undermine or mock or ridicule what they have said, they're going to clam up and it'll be, it'll be snow in August in Texas before they'll talk to you again. So we have to be swift, eager to listen. When couples go to marriage counseling, this is the fact. It's very typical for one of them to be completely apathetic about truly communicating. This person is usually defensive about the counseling session. Their body language says, I don't want to be here. I don't need to be here. It's them. This is a waste of my time. True communication requires us to tear down that barrier of apathy. If we truly care about the other person and the health of our relationship, we will be eager, eager to sit there and listen in silence without interrupting, without undermining, without mocking, without ridiculing, but they are important and what they are saying is real to them. Now, I, I got to tell you why I think some people are apathetic and, and I understand why some people are apathetic. They're apathetic because one, past hurts. Sometimes we're apathetic about listening to another person because we've been hurt so many times that we don't believe anything is ever going to change in the relationship. We have lost hope in that relationship. And in a relationship, hope is like oxygen. Without hope, it is going to die. Without hope, that relationship is going to go down. We've given up on hope. We don't want to be hurt. We don't want to get our hopes up. We don't want to hear the, I'm sorry, I won't do it again. Things will be different this time all over again. And we lose hope. Hopelessness in a relationship leads to apathy. I don't care anymore. I'm done with this. I'm tired of beating this dead horse, banging my head up against a wall. But can I give you something that Jesus Christ said? Jesus said, everything is possible to him that believes. You know what that means? That means that Jesus can look at a dead, dusty, worn out, hopeless in the natural relationship and raise it from the dead. He can raise it from the dead. Some of you, your relationship is like Lazarus four days in the tomb and it stinketh. If I were to ask you to describe your relationship, you could easily say it stinketh. But Jesus said, roll the stone of unbelief away. I'm going to speak down into that thing. He spoke to that dead man that had been dead four days. He came crawling out of that tomb all wrapped up in grave clothes. Jesus said, unwrap him and set him free. Jesus spoke life into a dead man. He can speak life into a seemingly dead relationship and resurrect it. And one of the ways he does it is by the two people learning to communicate, not just talk. Another cause is selfishness. That's why apathy is there. It's possible to get to the point where you only care about yourself, your own plans, your pleasures, your priorities. Your mantra is, that's enough about me, now let's talk about me. Your mantra is, well, that's my opinion, now let's talk about my opinion. And guess what? If this describes you, I've got... I've got five words that'll save you thousands in counseling. And it's why I'm not a counselor because it's all I would usually tell most people. Are you ready? Admit it and quit it. 
Say, well, if I'm just being selfish, oh, I'm not going to take you back to your mom and I'm not going to take you back to your dad and how somebody wronged you when you were two. They didn't change your diapers right when you were three. I'm going to look you in the eye as an adult who is saved by the blood, washed in the blood of the lamb and has the Holy Ghost in you. Admit it and quit it and quit being so selfish. Notice how tepid that clapping was, huh? Because we're thinking. Oh, I'll tell you, we live in a narcissistic, self-loving culture, and the Bible never told you and me to love ourselves. The Bible told us to love God, and when you love God, you rightly see yourself the way you ought to see yourself, and when you love God, you see others the way you ought to see them. Seeing yourself rightly starts with seeing God rightly. Relating with God rightly will cause you to relate with yourself rightly. He didn't tell us to fall in love with ourselves. He said to fall in love with Him. The second barrier to communication is arrogance. James said, be slow to speak. This is talking about the person who is always doing all the talking because they think their opinion is more important than anybody else's. That was me. It communicates to your spouse that as far as you're concerned, there's nothing worth listening to. After all, I know it all. News flash for you today. It's arrogant to think that you've got all the answers, that your spouse or children have nothing to contribute to the discussion, and it's a waste of time to let them talk. If you treat them that way, you will pay for it down the road. Lady or man, the Holy Spirit's advice to every Christian home is be slow to speak. Listen first with eagerness. I want to hear you. What's on your heart? What, what's going on? What are you struggling with? You can tell me. I'm just going to sit here and listen. We'll go for a walk. We'll go for a drive. And guess what? It's your day to talk and my day to listen. And I want to listen to what's going on inside of you. You know why? Because you matter. The Bible says in Proverbs, many are the thoughts and issues going on in a person's heart, but the man of understanding will draw it out. How do you draw it out? You draw it out by listening and shutting up. So tell me, dear, what's going on in your heart? Tell me, son, tell me, daughter, what's going on? I just want to listen. What are your temptations? What are your frustrations? What am I doing? Is there anything I'm doing I could do better? Or anything that's really causing you and I to be separate? Am I alienating you? And I, I just want to. I want to hear you. The man of understanding will draw it out. Say with me: Be eager to listen, slow to speak, and finally, if you're going to communicate effectively, you got to tear down the barrier of anger. Talked last week about. The danger of anger, but listen to Paul, uh, James again. James says, be slow to anger. Notice how he s- starts it out. Swift to listen, slow to retort, and slow to anger. There are some people, you tell them two words, they blow their stack. But if you're going to get to the bottom of what's in someone, you can't get angry. Notice how often this volatile issue of anger is raised in the Bible. Over and over again, you can't get away from it. Proverbs are full of it. We must learn to talk about our problems without fighting. Conflict is inevitable, but we cannot let anger poison the well of communication. You can't sit somebody to talk, 
down to talk with steam coming out your ears, sitting on the edge of the couch, waiting for two words so you can blow up. Peter describes perfectly what an argument looks like. He says, don't repay evil for evil or insult with insult. There's a difference between a mature disagreement and an all-out, knock-down, drag-out, shouting, screaming, wall-banging, blood-curdling, hair-raising, pet-scaring fight. There's a big difference. The difference is in, listen carefully to me, I know this is right because the Bible tells me so. The difference is in the tone you choose, the volume you use, and sticking with the issue, the tone you choose. Oh, what's the matter today? Or the tone you use. What's the matter today? Um, talk to me about it. The tone you use. Well, here I am. Spit it out. <laughs> the tone you use. It can be sarcastic. It can be positive. It can be demeaning. It can be loving. It's the tone. You can say the right words, the wrong tone and get it all wrong. Happy Mother's Day. Oh, happy Mother's Day. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. It's been a ride. <laughs> the tone you... What a beautiful dress. Wow. What a beautiful dress. Tony, you use the volume you use. Well, let's sit down and talk. Well, let's sit down and talk. The Bible says the beginning of trouble is like letting out water. So stop arguing before fighting breaks out. Well, what's an argument? Arguing happens when the issue at hand is lost in a swirl of accusations and counter accusations. It goes like this. You this and you that. And if you hadn't this and if you hadn't that or you're this, or you are that, or you're not this, and you're not that. That has nothing to do with the issue that made you begin the communication in the first place. Kirby Anderson writes, each negative comment increases the level of anger and frustration, and soon a small disagreement blows into a major fight. Have you ever noticed when those major fights are over with, they had nothing to do with the original issue. It left the issue and devolved and digressed into attacking each other. That's an argument. If you jump to conclusions or fly off the handle, you kill communication. So you've got to watch your tone and watch the volume as the decibels rise, the quality of that talk is lowered. You got a little dial on you. When you can tell your voice is rising, take it back. Lower it. If it starts getting louder, then talk to yourself right then and there and say, cool it. And if you can't do that, say, see you in a few minutes. I'm going for a walk and get out of there. Because if you keep raising your voice and it turns into attacking each other, you leave the issue and no telling where it's going to go. And that's how words destroy a home. 
when you can get it, the volume back down, the decibel level down, and your tone in the right place, and choose your words very carefully, not accusing words, but words that stick with the issue, then you'll be able to resolve an issue by eagerly listening, slow to speak, and slow to anger. When you're in a difficult situation, what's your first instinct? Do you immediately lash out in anger, or are you able to show love? As Pastor Jeff taught us, if you want to bring change into this world and make a difference, you need to let the love of Jesus pour out of you. What you do on your own will never be enough. Leave the promises of this world behind and be a brand new creation through the power of God's free gift of grace. Claim your stake in eternity. For more teachings and information about this ministry, we encourage you to check out hardwired.org. Pastor Jeff Wickwire has many more messages there. You'll find them under the audio tab. This will surely help you be encouraged in the Word. Once again, that's hardwired.org. We want to invite you to come back again next time for another teaching from Pastor Jeff. Here's more on that. When you communicate with the people who matter most, do you truly feel fully connected? Do you leave the room understanding what they were trying to get across, or do you only seek to dispel your agenda? In his next message, Pastor Jeff wants you to know that one of the best ways to show love to others is by being a good communicator. If you want to change the trajectory of the relationships that you cherish, choose God's love and be transformed. Thanks for taking time to be with us today as we studied God's Word. If you'd like to hear more teachings from Pastor Jeff, visit hardwired.org. On behalf of Pastor Jeff and the entire production team, we invite you to join us again right here on Hardwired.